y'all want to hear a joke? No. <laughs> Somebody said no. I'm going to tell it anyway. Here's a joke. All right. What do you call Batman when he skips church? Christian Bale. That's a good one. Come on, right? That's a good one. All right, rank it. Let me see. One's terrible. Five's good. Let me see. Let me give me some. Oh, okay. I'm getting, all right. I'm getting them all across the board. All right. Um, David Fletcher is the one that I'm going to aim to please next time with my jokes. (laughs) But anyway, jokes, especially dad jokes, they always put me in a good mood. And speaking of moods, let's jump in. Uh, Last week, we started this new series called More Than a Feeling. And this series is all about how to deal with how you feel. Okay, and truth is, sometimes we're just overrun with emotions. I know I am. Chances are you are too. So what we're doing is we're looking at biblical guidance to help us with our feelings so that our feelings don't get the best of us. And we're using emojis during this series. And just for, just for fun, let me ask you this question. Have you ever sent the wrong emoji at the wrong time? Have you ever sent the wrong emoji in a text and you accidentally did it or you didn't realize what the emoji was or what it meant and it just kind of left you feeling or making you look like a jerk or somebody that didn't really understand or a little crazy? Um, I found this text string a little while back and I thought that I would share this with you. Uh, The subject matter isn't funny, but the emoji is. Um, Someone texted a family member and said, your Aunt Sylvia has passed away last night. And you see the little uh, face that she put with it. And um, a little insensitive to be putting this. So she replied, oh no, also that emoji means crying with laughter and not crying. And then she replied and she says, well, which one means crying? And he says, it doesn't matter. You should never use an emoji to talk about people dying, (laughs) okay? So that's just a life lesson, okay? Never use an emoji emoji when speaking about somebody dying. But truth is, um, sometimes We're filled with all kinds of different emotions, and it can be quite confusing. And honestly, we need to talk about how to deal with how we feel at times. And last week, we talked through the feelings of being overwhelmed, and we talked about how to get past the stress that we are overwhelmed with in life. And if you missed that, you can go back online. It's already up and ready to view, okay? And today, today, here's the emoji that we're going to be using today, okay? This one I want to use to describe this feeling of being resentful towards someone or jealous. Okay, resentful towards someone because of what they have or what they're doing and I feel like I'm lacking and so I'm jealous. And this is such a good topic to discuss and here's why. Here's why. It's because we've all noticed this before, but life isn't fair. Okay, it's not fair. It's not fair at all. In fact, I remember Andy Stanley talking about this one time, and he said that he always used to tell his kids, when his kids said life isn't fair, he would say, uh, you know, it's never been fair. It's never been fair since the Garden of Eden. You can blame Adam and Eve for that. Life just isn't fair. Because we're imperfect people, and we live in an imperfect and fallen world. And every time we turn on the TV, every time we look, at the news, every time we turn on social media, we're constantly reminded that life isn't fair. And because it's not fair, what do we do a lot of times is that we resent other people because we're jealous. Because I want what they have. And these feelings, these feelings, sometimes they're hard to get over and they're hard to deal with. In fact, I'll just feel you in that there was a time when I was uh, feeling a little jealous in life, and I'll just be honest with you. Um, when I was in high school, I always wanted to be a little taller, okay? 
I wish I was a little taller. I wish I was a baller. I wish I, anyway, um, hmm, some of y'all know that song. Um, but I used to always, I had a doctor that taught my Sunday school class, Dr. Doug, and I used to always ask him when I was a senior in high school, I'm like, Doug, Dr. Doug, there's got to be some growth hormones, there's got to be something. Like, can I buy those boots that you put in the door frame and stre- you know, hang upside down, stretch, and just, <laughs> just so you know that doesn't work, but it does give you headaches, okay? But anyway, when it comes to this, man, we're, we're always jealous, and the problem is, is that when I'm constantly looking at people around me and I'm constantly comparing myself, it never ends well. For instance, there, there are so many different ways we do this. When I see married people, I feel jealous because I'm not married. Or when I see successful people, I, you know, I look at them and I wonder why I don't have that much success. When, when I look at other people who have great health and I have all these health problems, I'm wondering why don't I feel good? And every time we open up social media, every time we open up social media, and we look at someone else's life, we fall headfirst into that comparison trap. And when it comes to social media, y'all, y'all know that that's not real, right? It's not real. Well, I, it is, but it isn't. Like, we don't see the 400 pictures that they took in order to get that one perfect one, right? The one that got put through the filter and, you know, made just to look a little bit nicer or change the background a little bit. It's not reality. In fact, I I found something this past week, and I thought this was kind of funny. I found photos that show the difference between Instagram and reality. For instance, you know, when you post on Instagram, this is the picture of your hike, but in reality, this is what it feels like, right? (laughs) That's what it ends up. And, And for instance, when you travel, when you're traveling, here's what you post on Instagram. I'm ready to travel. You know, how many times do you go and you just have all these grand, you know, adventure ideas and everything and how you look, but in reality, you know, I forgot forgot my passport, and I don't know where I'm going, and I don't know what's happening. You know, this is reality. And then on Instagram, we always post these great couple shots, you know, just this cute picture of a young couple hugging, but in reality, it's, I don't even know what that is. I don't even know. I don't even know what that is. Take that down. Take that down. (laughs) It's not real. You know what? You know what cracked me up this past week? I don't know if y'all noticed this or not. I'm sure you did. Everybody did. For eight hours on Monday, Facebook and Instagram went offline, and it just caused chaos. In fact, it was such a big deal. That day during the White House briefing, okay, Jen Psaki, the White House press secretary, was asked why Facebook was down. And she was like, I have no idea. But y'all, this is how powerful it is. This is what we've allowed it to become. In fact, I've done something here recently. I've stopped, I've stopped looking at Facebook. Um, I just have. And I still make a post every now and then because, um, let's be honest, people like to see my pictures. Um, just teasing. My, my family does like to see pictures of the family. But I'll still make a post every now and then. But, but I've decided just to stop because I'm getting tired of it. And it's just a waste of time. And honestly, honestly, that comparison trap can ruin your life. In fact, the Bible says that there are two negative effects when we're always comparing. So let's jump into your message notes. If you got your message notes open on your app, let's go ahead and fill in some blanks. If you grabbed a piece of paper, let's write these down, okay? The first thing, for starters, number one, it's always sadness. When we compare our lives, there's always sadness. It's always, it will always make you unhappy, always, okay? 
And the reason for this is because there's always somebody that's, that, that's more beautiful, okay, that makes more money or has more success or has fewer problems or seems like they do. Someone who just looks like they have their life all together and you don't, when the truth is, is that everybody has their problems. It's just that some people are better at hiding theirs than others. I remember this story a while back that a family told me this family that doesn't live here, but they have a lot of kids, and, you know, she's always posting these pictures of everything that they do as a family, and they just look, uh, just look so amazing. It's such a great family. But she was telling me the time that she put all the kids in the car, and, you know, the, the, the process of taking the kids to the grocery store can be quite an ordeal, and she gets everybody in the van, and she locks them all down, and then she looks up to find out that she had left the front door open, and the dog had run out in the front yard. And so, you know, the van's the van's there, kids are locked in, so she, she runs out in the front yard, grabs the dog, puts the dog back inside, locks the door, gets back in the van, and she's like, okay, I'm ready to go. She drives to the grocery store, she pulls in the parking lot, and as she's pulling into the parking lot at the grocery store, she gets a phone call, and she hits the answer on her car, and her neighbor's on the line, and she said, are you missing a kid? <laughs> and she didn't realize it. But when she had gotten out of the car to put the dog up, one of the kids had slipped out of the car, had gone back inside, couldn't find their mom, and was now crying in the front yard. (laughs) Have you ever had one of those moments when you think, my kids are not going to make it? (laughs) They're going to be in counseling for sure one day, and it's going to be because of me. But sometimes, we think that those families are perfect, right? But nobody's perfect. But we look at other people and we think they are. And we have all these ideas of of what their life must be like. And the grass is always greener. So internally what we do is we hold on to it. And sometimes we allow resentment to build up. All because we're jealous. The Bible says this in Job chapter 5 verse 2. It says, envy and jealousy will kill a stupid fool. That's pretty direct. But when you're always feeling resentful, it's just a waste of time. Anytime you choose to compare your life to somebody else, you know what you're choosing? It's almost like you're just saying, I choose to be unhappy. I'm making the choice right now to make myself sad. That's no way to live. The second thing the Bible says about being resentful and jealous of other people is it just causes trouble. Number two is just trouble. It always causes trouble. Those of you who have kids, you know this, right? They could be perfectly happy playing with their toys, just content with what they have until they see another kid with some other toys, and then there's trouble. And it amazes me how adults act like big kids, Because we're happy with what we have until we see what somebody else has. I'm happy driving my ride until I see my neighbor pull up in his. And I'm like, oh, I see you. Oh, I see what you got. I I remember living in a place, a a different location, and my neighbor, he he had a Corvette, a Jeep Wrangler, a huge pickup truck, jet skis, and a Harley. I mean, if it's a competition, he wins, (laughs) hands down. Every time, it seemed like every year something new was being parked in his driveway, right? But comparing is just trouble because it leads to coveting. It's actually, coveting is actually one of the 
big top 10 commandments that God gave. And, and you know why God put it in there? You know why God made it a big deal? It is because it's always trouble. There's always trouble. When I want what you have and you want what I have, it just leads to problems. I, I like the way that James, the brother of Jesus, puts it. He says this. He says, when you're trying to look better than others, right, things always fall apart. When we're trying to be better than each other, trying to one-up each other, when we're always comparing, things fall apart and everyone ends up at each other's throats. That's what it does. Man, it just makes us sad. <laughs> it just causes trouble. So, so if it's not good to have that kind of feeling, it, being resentful that leads towards jealousy, then what, what can we do? What can we do about that? If we're struggling right now, and I don't know what you came in here with. I don't know what's going on in your life, but I, but I guarantee you have those parts of your life that just aren't that great, and you tend to look at other people and you think they have it so good, and it tends, you, you tend to want to compare, and you tend to want to be jealous at times. What can we do with that jealousy. Let me give you a couple things to do. Point number one is this, is you gotta realize. Just, just realize. You gotta realize that God is good and that God has a plan. You gotta realize God loves you and he has a plan. That's the first thing we need to do. Look at this verse in Job 36, 13. He says this, for the godless, the godless are the ones that are full of resentment. The godless are the ones that have all this built up resentment in their life. Why is that? Why do unbelievers have more bitterness than believers do? One of the reasons is because when people don't believe that there's a God, right? When they don't know God, when they don't know that he loves them, when they don't know that he has a plan for them, that he is actually good, and he wants good things, then it leads towards bitterness, right? You see, if I don't think that there is a God, and if I don't know that he has a plan, that he has good things in line for me, then you know what? Nothing matters in life. Then nothing really makes sense anymore. And actually, it becomes everybody is in it for themselves, and I've got to get what's mine because I deserve more than you, and the person with the most toys at the end of life wins. And the crazy thing is, the crazy thing is, is that I see Christians, Christians who act like unbelievers, who don't know God, who don't realize who God is when they choose to be jealous. Even Christians sometimes, they walk around and they're like, why does she look like that and I look like this? Or why does he have that success and I have this? Why are their kids so great in school? And my kids, well, let's just hope they make it through high school, Right? Why do they get to go on these vacations and I'm stuck going to this place or that place and I don't ever get to do anything? But when I realize that God loves me and that he has a plan for my life, you know, it changes everything. Psalm 139, 13 is an amazing verse. I love this. It says, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and you knit me together in my mother's womb. God knew you. God loved you. Before you were even born. Y- y'all remember last weekend, I saw, I saw uh, Daniel and Ashley are here in church this morning, but we baptized little Noah up here on stage. And this verse means that even before Noah was born, before he made it up here to be baptized, before he even took his first breath, God already knew everything about him. And God loved him. God loves him and has a plan for him. He even has a plan for the good 
and the bad things that happen in life. Those things that tend to make us resent other people because I'm going through something and they're not, so I feel a little jealous about it. God even has a plan for those difficult moments in life. Another great verse that I want to share with you and just remind you about is one that we go to often. It's Romans 8, 28, and it says this. It says, we know. But let, let me show, hold on, before I read this, let me show you a couple of great things about this verse, okay? There's beauty in this verse right here, okay? If you really believe this, if you really understand this verse, then it will help you with any bitterness that you might be holding on to, any resentment that you may feel. Okay, let, let me break this verse apart piece by piece, okay? The first part says we know, okay? We know, okay? This isn't we guess, Okay, this promise here isn't I think so or I hope so. No, this is I am definite that this is going to happen, okay? I am as sure as anything because I know who I serve. And I know this is God's promise for me. This is something I'm confident in. The next word is everything. We know that God causes everything in life. Everything. It doesn't say some things. Okay, it doesn't say most of the things. It doesn't say the things I want in life. No, no, no. Everything, even the accidents, even the tragedies, all of it. What does he do with everything in life? Go on to the next part. He says to work together for the good. Everything in life, God can make good. And you've heard me say this before, but not all of life is good, right? Bankruptcy isn't good. Unemployment isn't good. Abuse isn't good, right? But remember, our God is a loving God, and he can take everything, and somehow he can work it together for the good, but there's, there's something you have to do. He only does this for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. He only does it for the people who realize that he is God, that he is Lord over all, and that he loves you. And if you love him and you let him, that next part, and allow him to work his purpose in your life, then he'll do it. He'll work everything for good. But if you don't know God, and you don't realize who God is, then he can't do this. He's not going to force his way into your life. He's not going to make you love him. He's not going to make you want him to work in your life. You have to be willing. And you have to understand who he is and what he offers. So, the first antidote, okay, to resentment to those feelings that we have. When you feel slighted, when you feel wrong, when you feel like nothing's going your way, when you think, why is this happening to me and everybody else has it so much easier, I want you to realize that there's a God that loves you. And if you let him, he's got a great plan for your life, no matter what's happening. The second thing we gotta do, the second thing we gotta do is we gotta rejoice. I've gotta learn to rejoice in what I've been given. Okay? It's good for us to recognize what God has provided in our lives, how good he has been to us. Instead of worrying about what I don't have, I need to rejoice with what I do have. The main problem that a lot of people have is that we often take God's goodness for granted in our life. In fact, some of the most important things that God has provided in our life, you can't live without, for instance, just the air we breathe. 
Have you ever, have you ever just stopped to thank God for breath in your lungs? Just for waking you up this morning and allowing you to take that breath and enjoy this beautiful day that we have outside. You know, another need you have is water. My favorite illustration to use, and I use this all the time. Some of you, I know most of you have heard this. But when I start to feel resentment or jealousy towards other people, you know, you know what I do every now and then? I just stop and I think about water. I think about how many places in my house I have access to water. Do this, do this with me. For those of y'all that just need a refresher, just think for a minute. Just walk around your house with me. Go to your kitchen. Think about all the places that you can get water, okay? Go to the sink. Maybe you got a fridge that has ice and water in it, you know, or, you know, then go to the restroom. You got, you got a... Uh, sink in there. Go, go to the laundry room. You, you probably have a, a, a dish, you know, a, I mean a clothes washer. You know, that counts. That's a spigot coming in your house. And then not, not only after you've done all the bathrooms and, and the kitchen and everything in your house, then walk outside. Think about all the places on the outside of your house you have access to water for the hose. I don't know what number you come up to. 10, 15, 20 different places to get water. And then think about my last trip to the Dominican Republic when the kids would come up to me and just ask for a bottle of water. When you would walk down the street and see people washing their clothes in buckets of water that they had to get down the road. You know, I'm not trying to guilt you here. But maybe, just maybe, we get so caught up in the fact that our friend just got a new Lexus that we don't always stop and rejoice for the simplest things that God has provided. Like having access to some of your most basic needs. I think there's so many ways that we take the goodness of God for granted in our life. And I think that life would be so much better. And life would be so much, it would be just so different if we just stopped and we gave thanks and we rejoiced as often as possible. You see, here's what happens when you don't rejoice in what you have. You fall into this when and then type of trap, okay? When and then, in other words, when I have this, when this happens, then I'll be happy. And you can fill in that blank with whatever. It could be an achievement, it could be a financial goal, it could be a relationship. But the problem is, is that nothing in this world is truly gonna make us happy outside of our relationship with Jesus Christ. That's just it. If we fall into that when and then trap, it will always be when and then. Because we can never fill that hole. And when we can't fill that hole and we just keep waiting for the next then, we're just filled with resentment and jealousy because we keep looking at everybody else who we think are getting theirs and we're not. You know, full disclosure, I even struggle with this. kind of happens to me. Every time Apple releases a new iPhone, and they just came out with the 13, and I have the 12, and it's great. But when I see it on TV, I start to think, this thing ain't worth nothing. I need the new one. I got to have, look at what everybody else is getting, right? I've got to have this. But that's what they want us to do. They want us to be discontent. They just, they don't want us to have any contentment, right? So every billboard we see, every ad, every keynote address from Apple that they put out, honestly, is just this, enough is not enough. And it never is. We're always gonna need more. 
And now that it's getting closer to Christmas, this is just going to keep ramping up. I think that with every ad we see, we ought to repeat this verse to ourselves. In Proverbs 6, 9, it says this. It's better to enjoy what we have than to always want something else. It's better to enjoy what you have. Rejoice in what God has given you. Because here's the truth. You are as happy as you choose to be. No more, no less. Happiness is not dependent on things or experiences. And the reason I can say this is because I've seen people who have every right to be unhappy. They have gone through terrible experiences. They have gone through terrible tragedy. They've gone through something in their life. They have every reason to be resentful and jealous of what other people have, and yet they're not, and they're fully satisfied. And they're loving, and they're generous, because they've learned to rejoice in what they have. On the other hand, I've seen some whiny people that basically have no reason to complain, and yet they still, they whine about everything. Instead of rise and shine, they rise and whine every morning. And they have no reason to do so. But again, the people, the people who are happy, the people who remain positive in life are the ones that realize that God loves them and he has a plan for them. That God has provided for them, so they rejoice in what they have. And they're not worried about what they don't have. And the last thing I want you to do to help with this feeling is to refocus. Okay, the third thing we got to do is we got to refocus. If you're suffering with this feeling right now, it could be a little feeling that you have towards something. It could be a big feeling you have towards. It will help us if we refocus on others. Instead of focusing on yourself and your problems and your complaints and your aches and your pains and your limitations on what you don't have, turn the focus off of you. Turn it towards someone else. It's a huge way to win the battle. Maybe even be mature enough in your spiritual walk with Christ to be able to ask God and say, you know what, God, in this moment that I'm in, even though things aren't great, even though things could be better, God, would you take this moment, would you take my life, would you take this circumstance and and allow me to be a blessing to somebody else? Allow me to use this to help someone else. There are so many ways that God can use your life experience to help others. He wants you to, not, to, to find comfort in him and not in these things that this world has. Find comfort in him and then offer that comfort to others. In fact, I love the way the message paraphrases uh, 2 Corinthians. It says this, he, God, comes alongside us when we go through those hard times. And before you know it, he, God, he brings us along somebody else who's going through the same hard times so that we can be there for that person as God was there for us. So maybe, maybe a good thing to do in our lives is stop focusing so much on the hurting and start focusing on the healing. Stop focusing so much on what we can receive from others and start focusing on how we can give to others and watch what God does with that faithfulness. Another great verse comes from Romans 6.13. It says this, give yourselves completely to God to be used for his good, his purposes. So maybe try that. In that area of your life that you're feeling a little resentment, that you're feeling a little jealousy, whatever that area may be, maybe pray to God and say, God, how can I be a blessing to others? Because I know what it's like to struggle with this. I know what it's like to have this shortcoming. How can I be a blessing to somebody else? Because you know what? 
I want you to know, God didn't bless you just to bless you. I mean, he did. He loves you. He wants good things for you, but he blessed you in order to be a blessing to other people. I'm reminded of this every time I hear Malin talk about the Anne Elizabeth Shepherd home and the work they do there with those girls. To be a blessing to them. When I hear Steve Hall talk about Rose Hill and serving the food, I'm blessed every time I go out there and give my time to serve the homeless of Columbus. Everybody that I talk to after serving the less fortunate of the Rose Hill area, they always have the same response. They always say, I received so much more out of that than they did receiving the food. Like, I get more out of it than they do. And you know what it does? It's hard when I serve Rose Hill, when, when those ladies go to Anne Elizabeth Shepherd House, I imagine it's really hard to walk away from that experience and think, I really need the new iPhone. <laughs> you know, it's really hard to walk away from that experience and say, you know what, so-and-so just got a new truck. I think I need to get a new truck. It's really hard to walk away from those experiences and not realize that God is good. And not rejoice for what God has given to you. It's a big deal. This is probably why Jesus said that the greatest commandment is to love God and love others. Because when we take the focus off ourselves, when I take it off of me and what I want and what I think I deserve, and I place it on God and I place it on other people, it changes everything. And my attitude is different. So this emotion that we have, man, it, it, it's a tough one. And it can control us at times. And it can take over a lot of times. And it just leads to sadness and trouble. So to get over this, this feeling of resentment and jealousy, try these, next, try these things the next time you get into a comparison trap. Just realize that God loves you. He has a plan for you. Rejoice in what you have. And then just take a moment to refocus. Focus on someone else other than yourself and see if it doesn't change things. Let's pray together. God, we got to admit that sometimes we feel resentful when we look at other people, what they have, who they are, how they're succeeding. And God, we're just going to be honest and just admit those things and just ask that you would forgive us. Forgive us for allowing our own bitterness and jealousy to blind us from seeing all the good things that you've done in our lives. God, the things that we take for granted each and every day, the things that we never, ever seem to ever stop and thank you for. So God, just forgive us for not trusting you like we should. God, we really do believe that you have good things in store for our lives. So God, we're going we're gonna to lean into you and we're going to trust in your plan. And God, well, we don't want to be bitter, but we want to be better. Help us be better. God, just fill us with your love. Fill us with your strength. Fill us with your healing and your power. And God, please take these things in our life that have hurt us that are causing these extreme emotions, God, somehow, God, take those things and use them. Use them for your good. Use them to help other people. And God, on the days that we just feel like we just can't make it anymore, that we just don't even want to get out of the bed, God, help us. Help us to trust in you. Help us to rely on you.
Jesus, we want you in charge of every area of our life. God, would you just please lead us? We trust you completely. Guide us, help us, save us, and forgive us. We thank you. It's in the name of Jesus we pray all these things. Amen. Amen.